Hello, everybody. It's great to see you all. <laughs> nice to see you too, Richard. <laughs> oh man, this is the night. This is the night before uh, we remember the day when our Saviour was born. And um, you know, Christmas is the time of year where we remember that. The prophet Isaiah, in fact, about seven hundred years before Jesus was even born, prophesied in the book of Isaiah seven fourteen. He said, "Behold." The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. And Isaiah 9.6 goes on to say, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government or rule and dominion will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful. And that word means a miracle or defying the expectations of mankind. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And when God sent his son, Jesus, the Messiah, he sent an angel to Joseph, who was betrothed to Mary, and Mary was a virgin. And the Bible says in Matthew 1, verses 20 to 23, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the baby which is conceived in her is actually of the Holy Spirit. She will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And it goes on to say, all this was done that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, which is Isaiah, saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated God with us. So why did God send Jesus? He did it to provide a way to reconcile us with God once and for all, for anyone who would decide to receive him. And it meant that our relationship with God would be restored to how it should have been from the start. The first man, Adam, he was created, and he decided to do what God told him not to do. And since then, every person born thereafter was born with a natural tendency for sin. And that's the things that we think or do which are wrong or are opposed to God and his values. And it was Adam's sin that forced a separation between mankind and God in the first place. And up until Jesus died on the cross... The priests would have to regularly take the blood of an animal as a sacrificial substitute for the people's sin. This blood was poured by the priests on the mercy seat and it provided mercy or temporary forgiveness of sin. And that's why these sacrifices had uh, to be repeated over and over. And to deal with the sin issue once and for all though, God had a plan. And he sent himself, his son, in the form of Jesus as a man to offer himself as a sacrifice on the cross so that his sacrifice could be made once and for all, for all mankind. Jesus was the only one who could do it because he never sinned. It says in Hebrews 9:12, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once and for all, obtaining eternal redemption. 
So Jesus' blood was enough to satisfy the requirement for the covering of mankind's sin. And that was an incredibly selfless thing to do. Um, And that's why John 3.16 says, Here is the way that God loved the world. He gave his only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him or who accepts the gift will never perish but um, experience everlasting life. And so do you know what that means? That if we accept that gift that God has offered, if we believe that Jesus came and died on the cross to make a way for us to be reconciled with him, that we'll be able to know God and become part of his family despite our sin because we, we all do that, don't we? We all say and do things that are wrong sometimes. But despite that, we can have assurance that one day when we die, we'll go to heaven. And so all we need to do is choose to accept that gift. And he made it that easy. And all you can do, all, all you need to do is just make that choice. And you can do that at any time. God said in Joel 2.32, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it's as simple as that, a short prayer. And I'm going to give everybody an opportunity to do that right now. And so I just want um, every every eye closed. If you'd like to accept that gift that God has offered, say this prayer and really mean it. And if all the people that have said it in the past could say it as well, just to support those who haven't, that would be great too. So say this prayer after me. Father God, I recognize that you love me. To prove it, you sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross. I believe he spilt his blood as a sacrifice so that if I choose to accept his gift, I will be reconciled with God. So, I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Amen. We're going to share communion now. And uh, so the people that are um, going to serve communion, if you could come forward. You know, before Jesus died on the cross, he actually instituted communion. Matthew 26 says that on the same night he was actually betrayed, Jesus sat down with his 12 disciples. And in verses 26 to 28, um, it says that as they were eating, because they were eating the Passover meal, As they were eating, Jesus took bread and he blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take and eat, this is my body. And then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So the purpose of communion is to remind ourselves of what Jesus' sacrifice on the cross did for us. His body was broken for us, and his blood was spilt for us. And so, you know, you're welcome. You're welcome to come and come forward and share communion with us. 
I mean, even if it isn't your usual church or if you don't normally go to church, if you've said that prayer of salvation, it's a good thing to remember what Jesus has done for you. Um, so you're welcome to share in this if you would like to. Um, and so once everyone has come um, to collect their piece of bread and, and the juice, then take it back to your seat and, uh, and then I'll say a prayer and we can have communion together. So I'll just um, so if you can come forward and and um, collect your communion from one of the people that have got the emblems. There's one at the front here, one at the side, another one over there. Praise the Lord. We saw ahead of time and saw that, that we'd need a saviour and we thank you that you sent your son Jesus to do that for us. And, uh, and we remember, and we, we are so grateful, Father, for the fact that that means, Lord, that we've been made right with you. And... And you, yeah, you've, you've clothed us in what, they, what you call righteousness, Lord. You've made us right with you again. And thank you for reconciling us to you. And thank you, Lord, also that through this, um, through what Jesus did for us, we've entered into covenant with you, Lord, and you've made us part of your family. And so we give you thanks. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross, for um, your body being broken for us and your blood being spilt. Uh, we, we're so grateful and thankful for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Wow, oh, praise the Lord. So the very last thing I want to say before I hand back to the band is that um, on Christmas Day, not only do we remember the birth of our Lord Jesus, but we also celebrate Christmas with our loved ones. And it's a time of blessing and a time of giving and a time of thankfulness. So tomorrow, I just want to wish you a very merry and blessed Christmas. May it be filled with peace and joy. And I just want to just speak a blessing over you um, that, you'd be, that you would have a really blessed and wonderful, wonderful day tomorrow. Amen. Come on up, team.